You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Ain't No Seeds. What is good, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Ain't No Seats. We're here to cover a massive, massive matchup in Austin, Texas this weekend. Two ranked teams. Kansas is traveling to Austin, Texas to play one of the best teams in the country um, in the Texas Longhorns. And no one better to be joined by than Justin Wells, um, who covers Texas uh, over at Inside Texas on On3 Sports. Justin, thank you so much for coming on. Um, how are you feeling about this matchup and how excited are you about this game against Kansas? Braden, I appreciate you having me. Uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, you know what? You know, we talked about it a little bit pre-production. I, I've been looking forward to this game. I thought this was going to be a challenge. Uh, you know, Kansas is a team that I felt like has been on a similar trajectory uh, like Texas over the last couple seasons. A lot of holdovers that have turned into solid players. A lot of new skill guys, and, and of course, a really good quarterback will, you know, heal a lot of wounds. And I think Jalen Daniels brings that. So I, I'm excited for this game. I actually picked Kansas to play Texas in the Big 12 championship back at media days when you know we have to make our predictions and and vote for for, for all Big 12 preseason stuff. Uh, I really felt like Kansas was was going to be the other good team, not just because I think Lance Le- Leopold and those guys are, are on a good trajectory, and believe you me, they are. But I also feel like because the Big 12 is kind of going through its own changes, almost a metamorphosis of sorts, uh, and that's after TCU didn't even win the conference last year and played for the national championship. And so I I think Kansas is is a tough out. I think this is going to be probably the best quarterback Texas faces this year in Daniels. Um, I think he is a difference maker. I think his win two years ago was the confidence booster that and, and justification that, that Coach Leopold and his staff needed. And so, I, I you know, even though Kansas is always going to be known for basketball and, and for good reason, uh, all it takes is a pretty good quarterback to make a nice little run. And I remember watching a, a Lake Travis guy named Todd Reesing, and, and this guy was, was – he was underrated, man. All the schools around the – he was a guy that kind of slipped through the through the cracks, and he winds up in, in Lawrence and, and winds up having a great career there. You get the right guy, KU, and the Jayhawks can make some they can they can make some waves in football, and that's what they're doing this year. Man, Todd was so awesome, and I think he used that as motivation too. All those Texas schools not recruiting him, so he used it as motivation. Came to KU was obviously one of the best KU quarterbacks of all time. Um, but you brought up JD. Um, and I was going to ask you that. You guys obviously played at Bama week two against Jalen Milrow, and you said best quarterback you guys have seen. Do you, do you truly believe Jalen Daniels is the best quarterback Texas has seen, and do you think Texas's defense can slow him down? I think Daniels is going to be the best quarterback they see this year. Uh, not that they've just not, – not only who they've already seen. Uh, he is a skilled passer. He is a true dual threat where you can threaten the field with your feet and with your arm. He does something going back and watching tape that I find very, very, I'm very confident in him as, as, as his ability. When he scrambles, it's not always just to tuck it and go. He keeps, he goes scrambles, but he does it down the line, the line of scrimmage. That way he keeps his head and his eyes down the field at all times. That is why this thing works. Because those receivers, I don't know if you have a true number one, but you have three guys that can get open, catch the ball, and go. And I think 
even in that t- sense when, when Daniels is on the move, those guys know it's almost a scramble drill. They understand, hey, this is what we're looking for to get this accomplished. Um, and again, Leopold, I feel like it's, they, they do what they do really well. They're well coached. They don't make mistakes. Your Texas is going to have to beat Kansas on Saturday. It's not going to be handed to them. In some sense, I felt like Baylor uh, didn't necessarily quit, but it, but there were just too many instances and gifts that Texas had given them, and, and they just didn't take advantage of it. Kansas is not that same team. Kansas has a different mentality. They are undefeated. They're confident. They've got their guy, Jalen Daniels, preseason offensive player of the year in the Big 12. Listen, Texas is going to have to spy this guy. And, and I think you're going to see it from a variety of guys. I don't think it's going to be one or two in particular. I, it could be three or four, possibly five different guys. I think that's something they they, they really want to show because Jalen Milrow, he was a dual threat, but more of a running threat. And, 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 in, and, in, and in the open field, Milrow was basically a big running back. Uh, I, I covered, I watched him at Katie Tompkins. He was actually used to be a Texas commit. And so I, I saw that power. With Daniels, it's more speed, but it's also just more quarterback minded looking down the field experienced you know he's older than in Jalen obviously and so no I don't think they've only just seen the best this will be the best one they've seen I feel like throughout their schedule uh up to you know a potential playoff or bowl game Jalen Daniels will be the best quarterback they play against this season wow KU fans are gonna love that yeah he's he's really good on his legs um it's definitely something underrated about his game I don't know if a lot of Texas fans know this but KU's number one in the country, um, converting third downs, they're 26 of 43. And a lot of that comes from, yeah, a lot of, they did that a lot last year. They converted a lot of key third downs and big games. I know they were down 14, nothing at Houston. And there was a ton of big third downs that they converted, but yeah, JD is awesome. And a lot of those third down conversions come from his legs. And you talked about the big 12 preseason player of the year thing. And it's wild. Obviously there's some good quarterbacks in the Big 12. Dylan Gabriel at OU. Will Howard is really solid at K-State. They won the Big 12 title against TCU. And then obviously Quinn Ewers, Texas's guy. He's going to be a first-rounder someday, probably this next April. Yeah. Um, but he's 72 for 112 this year, over 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns, zero turnovers. And I think last year he had a couple – I don't. I wouldn't say stinkers, but a couple, couple nights where he wasn't too sharp. Um, but it was his first year as a starter. He was a freshman. Um, so you're going to expect that. But what um, progress have you seen from Quinn Ewers so far this year? You know, the, the the beauty about Quinn Ewers is I've actually known Quinn for almost eight years and, and watched kind of the maturation because he was kind of one of those prodigy type quarterbacks when he was a, an eighth grader and a freshman at South Lake Carroll. He was, you know, anointed pretty early but because he just has – an arm that literally can touch every blade of grass on the field. I, I've got video of him in, in person throwing a football 85 yards. Like, his arm is unnatural. And I think, you know, this is a guy that, that, that left high school after his junior season to start his NFL clock early. He enrolled at, at Ohio State, who's putting out nothing but first-round quarterbacks, and, 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 you know, kind of had took his lumps, comes to Texas, hadn't played in two years, missed his senior year, missed that next, didn't do much that next season with the Buckeyes, kind of had to get the rust off, had some great games, showed some flash. So, you know, it, it, and also some, some bad decisions and, and he dedicated himself this off season to getting in shape. He dropped about 20 pounds. He went on a strategic diet 
they started opening up the offense a little bit more too. He started learning things. Last year, he was trying to remember to, the cadence of the play to make sure they, that he has everything named. Now he knows them in triplicate. He, he understands things are so much natural. He hasn't turned the ball over, I believe, since TCU last year. He is, he is I, I, I think the streak, I, I want to say he's in three, oh, I wish I had the number, three, 300 something pass attempts or close without an interception. He's been incredible as a game manager. Against Rice, against Wyoming, kind of a slow start. They weren't ready for the fronts that they saw. It was a little unexpected. Took them a little bit of time to adjust before they pulled away. Against Bam and Baylor, they were so prepared. It was ridiculous, and it showed. Quinn was dominant. Kansas is pretty much who they are, and I think, obviously, Leopold and those guys are going to put some bring out some wrinkles, and, and they're going to try to show Texas some things they haven't seen. Uh, but and that's going to be the story because if you can get if you can show viewers some looks that he's not used to, you can force him into mistakes. You can get some momentum. You can get an early lead and and, and really push the game into to a full four quarters. Uh, if you if you don't get to him very early, if he gets kind of sits back there and gets a couple seconds, if he gets confident, he's going to spray the field and and it's going to be and it's going to be difficult with with, with the the wide receiver room. With Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell, Jatavian Sanders is likely going to be a first-round pick tied in next year. Um, it's just one of those things, man, where this is where I feel the biggest difference in Texas and Kansas is. It's the line of scrimmage. And I feel like that's how Quinn's get been so uh, progressive is because that that offensive line has been very protective. And, and he's come along. He's come along. He's gotten better. And you're right. He's going to be drafted the first round next year. I think it'll be Caleb Williams. I'm thinking Drake may go second. And then for third, it's going to be either Quinn or Michael Penix, something in that regard. J.J. McCarthy's going to be in that conversation. I think he's a dude as well. But Quinn Ewers uh, understands he still has a lot of business to take care of. He understands that this two years ago, this team came on to, into Austin – and won a football game, fair and square, outplayed the long bullets, top to bottom. Tough lesson that, the, that that Sark and these guys had to learn. But Quinn Ewers knows, hey, got to get to business. And so it'll be interesting to see how KU attacks it. Yeah, so you talked about the skills position players, and out of one of those three guys, KU fans should obviously be familiar with, and it's a guy that's been doing this, Xavier Worthy. I've seen, gone through your media on uh, Twitter all the DMX references. I love that. Um, and if obviously if Texas fans don't follow you, I think they're crazy. It's just at Justin Wells, two, four, two, four. And I was asking um, my Texas friends, like who I should get on. Cause last week with BYU is so easy. Their fan base was nuts. And I gained like hundreds of followers. So I was asking who I should get. And they all suggested the same guy, Texas. I didn't even know there's it's a huge brand. And he was like, my friend was like, if you want to shoot for the stars, Go, go get this guy, and it was you, and I just thought that was awesome. Um, I thought you'd want to hear that. But, yeah, I've seen your DMX references with Xavier Worthy. He's probably going to be a first-rounder. I'd love to see him in Kansas City. Um, he's a burner. He's He had close to 1,000 yards his freshman year. He's a stud. And I guess just touch on him a little bit, and do you think there's a way to slow him down? We have a really good corner in Kobe Bryant. Is there a way to at least slow down Xavier Worthy a little bit? I think you have to press him. And I think your safety has to be aware of 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 what he's doing. I think you got to have a you got to have somebody back there because that's kind of what they're going to want to do. They're what, they want to go vertical, right? And that's the that's that's the mo of this offense. That's why they went and got long 
outside guys. That's why they signed inside four high four stars, Jonte Cook, DeAndre Moore, Ryan Niblett. They want to go vertical. Um, Xavier Worthy, to, to summarize him, he's basically played two seasons of football. He started since he was a freshman, but he also had a broken hand for half the season last year. It's 24 career touchdowns. He just finds the end zone. He just it, It's just in his nature. He's incredibly quick. He's incredibly twitchy. He can go start to finish. The big thing on him is you got to body him. You got to you got to have a big kid that, that can get him, reroute him. You know, and if they're going to sit in the zone, remind him each catch that they're behind him. You know, it's going to have to be. It's not one thing in the first quarter. It's a gradual four quarters of taking. Hey, make sure we get him to the ground. Make sure you get him to the ground. Because that's what's gonna, you know, that's how Kansas get, stays in this game. They they turn it into a slow tempo fist fight where where Jalen Daniels is playing really well and they're able to 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 control worthy and potentially disrupt the deep ball. Because honestly, if if they don't connect on that deep ball, that's where the offense sometimes sputters right now. When they connect on the deep ball, buddy, I don't think there's a whole lot you can do about it. Okay, yeah, let's um let's let's talk about the offense after this break, but I want to talk about one of our sponsors, Homefield Apparel. They're incredible. We love them. Their stuff is just great. Soft material, they take care of us, send us elite designs. Um they have their stuff for other schools is incredible too. We had BYU guy on last week. He loves Homefield. They have BYU collection. Their stuff for other schools is incredible, so we love them. Go check out Homefield. Uh it's homefieldapparel.com. Use no seats 23 at discount to get 15% off. Um, let's take a break, but get back into the offense a little more. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So you talked about Worthy. Um, they obviously have a bunch of talent in the, in the receiver room, and they might have a guy that personally to me might be more talented than Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell the Georgia transfer. He had a touchdown in both playoff games for Georgia last year. He had two touchdowns at Bama this year. The guy that could sneak into the first round, maybe second round this year. Talk about how he's fit in um, with this offense and this program so far, and am I off on how talented this dude is? You know, he runs really smooth. Uh, there's there's a nice little gallop, little gate to he He, he can go. Um, you know, there, he, 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 I know he lived in Missouri City down in Houston for, for a minute, and I understand that, you know, he he wanted to be closer to his daughter, who I believe lives in the Houston area, and so coming to Austin has given him that opportunity. And it's really, he's told the media, it's changed his life. You know, this is a guy that that wanted kind of a fresh start, uh, wanted to play in an offense suited to work to his skill set. Like you said, he had caught some big, he had had some, some big plays and some big games, but the production overall was lacking, and you would have to wonder kind of what was going on there. Texas gave him that opportunity as that outside guy. They had a guy there last year, a transfer from Wyoming named Isaiah Dior, who was connecting beautifully with with viewers in the spring and the summer about, you know, six, two and a half, 205, 210 pounds. At this stage, when he got hurt, that hurt, that was the, that was a, a void. Adonai Mitchell is filling that, that void that they missed last year. He's adding that outside piece, but the most important thing is he's doing Xavier. Nobody's faced uh, bracket coverage more than Xavier Worthy did in 2022. And when you put Mitchell on one side, you really eliminate that to where if, if, if you want to go all in on one, you're going to take your chances with the other. And Texas has already exploited that in the first four games of the year. Yeah, so you have those two. Um, you have a guy that's going to go in the first round at quarterback. Um, you got a play caller that called plays in the NFL and Sark. And then you have uh, Jatavian Sanders, who is 6'4", 250, stupid athletic, fast. He's obviously a mismatch. Um, he's going to go early in the draft, too. So talk about him a little bit and how big of a mismatch he truly is. You know, the fun thing about Jatavian is I've known him since he was a, a freshman at Den Ryan. And he's always been a, a great athlete that just made plays. He's got catcher's mitt hands, man. This guy doesn't drop the ball. I mean, it, it, they're they're like bear paws, man. I call him a bear claw. I call that's what got the bear claw because you know you always wanted to have that donut that was the you know if you got one donut, get the biggest one in there. It was the apple fritter, that bear claw. But that's what his hands are, man. It, it, and I tell you what, he is he's doing some things. He's setting records in Austin at a place that's actually had some pretty good tight ends over the last 20 or 30 years. Uh, he's a mismatch top to bottom, man. And I think he's really your safety valve. There, there's obviously sets and plays where he's 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 your first read. But at this stage, it, they go – at the, right now, he's being there, – there's times where he's the third read and it's the 45-yard gain. It's the 60-yard gain. Sanders is is something else. Uh, he's he's coming on in the blocking aspect. Jeff Banks deserves a lot of credit because Jatavian was raw. Listen, Jatavian played wide receiver in in edge defensive end in high school, 
And trust me, everyone just said, oh, well, he'll just play tight end. You had to learn it. It, it, it was something that had to be learned. And Jatavian Sanders really transformed himself, his body, his mentality. Uh, and now he's using that 6'4 and a half, 6'5, 250-pound frame. Uh, and I tell Texas fans all the time, you need to enjoy him because this is probably the last season you're going to have him. Yeah, so probably four guys that are going to go in the top two rounds in the draft or whatever they do, wherever they go. Um, obviously, NFL caliber caliber players. You talked about the trenches, and I wanted to talk about the ground game a little bit. Obviously, Jonathan Brooks, C.J. Baxter, who's the number one running back in his class, um, according to a couple websites. And your offensive, the offensive line returns a lot. They return pretty much all five starters. I know Campbell won uh, the guard one at the guard spot. Um, you talk about the ground game a little because I feel like they haven't been crazy explosive. It's been it's been solid, but do you think there's um, room for improvement? For the ground game, and is that scary for other teams? You know what? That's that you've done your homework, Braden. That that's a very, very good point. The run game doesn't feel like that explosiveness, and I think part of it is the the missing the Bijan Robinson, Rashawn Johnson effect. Uh, people don't realize those guys played for three or four years in Austin and made play after play after play uh, each season. I think people miss that, and then. C.J. Baxter takes basically the starting job coming out of fall camp, early enrollee, early enrollee one of the top backs in, in, in the class of 2022, um, or 2023 rather, comes in. He's kind of dinged up. He's not absolutely healthy. Jonathan Brooks is a guy that, that had been in the program for a couple of years behind Bijan and Rashawn. He's the one that's taken over. And, and the thing is, he had to kind of wait his turn. He was the 2020 Mr. Texas football after you know a record-breaking career at Hallettsville in Hallettsville, Texas, and this is a guy that's very patient, very vision-oriented, good feet, good just good feel for the position. People question his speed. He went on the, around the edge against Baylor in the first quarter, going at twenty. And met, the analytics had him at twenty-two miles per hour. No one had ever thought Jonathan Brooks had the the turbo boost, the scooter like to go like that. And so, I think the offensive line. You're right. Everyone came back. The only difference was they lost Cole Hudson. He was the starting right guard last year. He got hurt. Uh, he had to miss spring ball. Comes back, gets a little dinged up before before week one. Gets to gets his Bama plays incredible against Alabama. Does then gets injured uh, the next week. So Campbell's back, you know, starting at right guard, and I think that's a position he'll probably keep for the rest of his life. By the time Cole comes back, he'll be that backup center because Jake Majors is there. Um, but Kelvin Banks is a future first-round draft pick at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Christian Jones is a future mid, you know, four to six-round draft pick at right tackle. The tenth is there because the freshmen are good. Um and the sophomores, they they were just recruited at a very high level over the last few years, which was different than what Charlie Strong and Tom Herman did in their regimes, and I think that's actually been a big difference uh, for the Texas offense. So I wanted to talk about one more thing about the offense. Uh, I listened to one of your podcasts um, after the Baylor game and talked about how the fans wish they would have scored more points against Baylor, which is nuts. They won 38-6, and then the Wyoming game was 10-10 in the fourth quarter. I didn't watch that game. It was a weird day. Like, KU went to Nevada and was in a tight game in the fourth. It was just a weird day, but do you personally think that Sark has held back on the play calling a little bit going into this Kansas game? I mean, I know he has. Yes. <laughs> Listen, not, it's not just on offense. The defensive line has been so do- up, up so dominant, they've held back on the defensive side. 
Coach PK to me, I feel like is almost having Dan Quinn type fun with the Dallas with Michael Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys. They are doing a lot of new things and having and and the truth there is there's so much depth on that side of the ball. The linebackers are eating like it's a buffet. Jalen Ford, David Benda, Anthony Hill. Uh, they get Mo Blackwell back, who's a, an athletic, twitchy guy that, that played some safeties, a hybrid guy, outside linebacker. Um, that's the thing with this offense. I do feel like Sark has kind of held back because they 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 have a healthy respect for Kansas. Let's just be honest. This is a team that that they're ranked for a reason. That, that they have to be. You, you have to. You know, people. The, the I think the fan favorite was Texas Tech to win the Big 12 this year if Texas or Oklahoma didn't make it. And they're at one and three. And it to me, it was almost disrespectful to Kansas how much they were loving on, on Tech, but they didn't realize Tech lost a couple guys and Kansas damn near returned a ton. To me, Devin Neal is like a bowling ball of knives. Uh, I, he should, his shot. They've got two running backs going at 215. Let me tell you something, that wears down on the defensive side. But I do feel like Sark is held back. I feel like PK's held back on defense because why show why use all your bullets? This is it, it is a marathon, man. If you already count the playoffs, you're looking at like a 14, 15 game season. This is almost like the NFL. And and the depth and staying healthy can be immeasurable. And I think that's why you haven't seen Texas do you know, show too much on the offensive side, simply because they don't need to, and they've got opponents they have to prep for, Kansas. And they can't overlook Kansas because they got Oklahoma next week. And everyone knows how big, you know, the, the Red River shootout is at the Cotton Bowl in, in mid-October. Get your corn dog, get your cold beer and a wax cup, and get your fist spot on because that's essentially what that game is. But Sark won't let them talk about it. All it is is Jalen Daniels. Stop this here. Keep these guys in front of you. Watch their young DBs. They got some playmakers. They've got veterans. That's what they're prepping for. He's he's held some stuff back, but it's only because of a healthy respect for who he's facing over the next three, four weeks. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to ask you that just because us KU fans kind of feel the same way about KU to where Andy Kotelnicki, our OC, has kind of held back a little bit. We saw how how dynamic and explosive they were last year, and this year their offense has still looked great. Um, Jalen's looked amazing. You talked about Devin Neal. They got. 91% of their production back on offense. So we feel like he's held back because he did it last year. He did it against Tennessee Tech, and then they go to West Virginia, and Neil Brown's brain was in a pretzel after. He was like, they ran stuff that I had no idea. Like, they didn't show on tape last week. So, yeah, these coaches do hold stuff back. Opposing fan bases sometimes think it's like an excuse, but it really is a real thing. Um, you talked about Texas's defensive front, and I'm, you know these numbers, but I wanted to read them out to just the listener. Against Rice, 25 carries for 27 yards, 1.1 a carry. At Bama, who's usually pretty good at football, 35 carries for 107, 3.1 a carry. Wyoming at home, 38 for 155, 4.1 a carry. Not bad, but they had a 62-yard run. And then Baylor this weekend, 31 for 60, 1.9 a carry. Um, so 100, they've been ran on 129 times this year for 349 yards, 2.7 a carry, um, and it starts up front with Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. Um, talk about those guys and how how damn good they've been at stopping the run so far. Yeah, that's that's been the the secret sauce 
to be honest with you. It's it's the D-line play. It's allowed Coach Pete Kwiatkowski to, to hold back some stuff like we talked about earlier, uh, to be more aggressive with younger players. Um, and I'll tell you, I, one of the keys to it, honestly, Braden, is the snap allocation. The rotation at defensive line is ridiculous. But, you know, I, I think outside of Alabama, Sweat only goes about 25, 26, 27 snaps a game. When you're 6'5", 350, 355, and you're only having to go 20, 25 snaps a game, you're always fresh. You're, you, you, and it's a more lack of, you know, less injury prone. You're, you're constantly, you're taking, you're better taken care of. And that's where Texas gets you. It's not just Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy coming at you who are intelligent and obviously large. Then it's Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton coming at you. Then it's Trill Carter, the former All Big Ten nose guard at Minnesota, who's now a third string, a three tech at Texas. It's the rotation of like a Sadir Mitchell at six, six, five and a half, you know, 360 pound freshman, out, four star out of New Jersey, who they beat Georgia for in, in the defensive line recruitment. And so that's where your secret is, man. It's, it's, it's the, it's those guys are fresh. Those guys are constantly being rotated. They're constantly getting uh, – they don't have to you know, go too far, go too long. And I think that's been the biggest factor on why they've been so strong. See, that's that's kind of what worries me as a KU fan is obviously Kotelnicki's a great OC, schemes up great blocking schemes, and we can run the ball. Devin Neal's as good as anyone. But Texas is so good up front and so good at stopping the run that I think Devin Neal can have a solid night. Um, but I don't know how successful – he will be or the offensive line will be. Um, if JD's making throws, I think obviously the run game will be there. And yeah. Devin Neal, 24 carries for 143, four total touchdowns in Austin as a freshman, which is wild to think about, true freshman. So I remember, trust me, <laughs> I have a healthy respect for these dudes, man. Yeah, I can tell and I love that. I didn't even know about the Big 12 thing until I listened to your podcast and I was like, I cannot wait to do this. But I guess... With Devin Neal, do you do you think he can still have a successful night, or do you think Texas will make it pretty tough on the O line and Devin Neal himself? It's going to be tough. Him and, and what is, is it? Uh, Hishaw, Hishaw, Daniel, Daniel Hishaw, Hishaw. Um, I think it's going to have to be a, a, a healthy dose of those two, to be honest with you. Um, and it's going to have to be a, like a chipping away at the rock. You're not going to win this game in the first quarter. You're going to have to go four quarters. You're going to have to go pound for pound, pop for pop, you know, snap for snap. Neil, it, to have that size, I think, gives Kansas that advantage. It gives them that opportunity to slow the game down. Listen, you, you want to beat Texas, take away the possessions. The way to take away possessions is, is to move the chains, and the way to move the chains is to run the football between the tackles with two guys that can do it. And that's what Kansas does. And, and they have a quarterback that's mastered at managing that whole thing and it and only become stronger and, and better in the passing games visually this year, especially. And so that improvement, I think, deserves its own note. Neil can it the yards are going to be tough, but but that's that's probably I don't think Kansas wins this game going vertical. I, I don't know if they know if they can. I think they can move the ball in the quick game in that regard, but I don't think they can win it going vertical. I the, the secondary of Texas has some real strength and they're gaining confidence as well. I think Daniels is better at distributing Neil getting his carries, Hyshaw getting his, and, and Daniels just protecting the ball. 
I think it's you're going to need all three are going to need to be that running threat. It can, Neil can't – I don't know if you're going to have that game like he had two years ago. It's going to be more in the aggregate. It'll be more as a collection because at some point they are going to – these D linemen and linebackers wear down running backs. They wear down the quarterback. They hit – Sawyer Robertson at Baylor two times in the first three snaps, and it set the tone for the entire game. Neil is the and, and Highshaw are the reason, and Daniels getting out of moving around and getting out of the pocket, misdirection type stuff is the way to offset that. In my opinion. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app, find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Yeah, so God, it's that's what also scares me a little bit as a KU fan is I sit there and think about how explosive their offense is, how good their play caller is, how good their quarterback is, and O line is, and running backs. I'm like, well, KU has a pretty good offense and explosive offense too. And then I think about the defense and how giving up 2.7 a carry, they're so good up front. Their defensive coordinator, you talked about him, came from Washington. They had some great defenses, so it feels like there's really no weakness on those sides of the ball at all, and it's just scary. I think Texas can beat anyone in the country any day right now. I would, I think they're the best team in the country, personally. Um, beside, we'll get into special teams in a little bit. Besides special teams, what do you think would be the biggest weakness on this Texas team? You know, before the Baylor game, I wouldn't have said special teams as a weakness. But you muff two punts and you gift the opponent on the road, of all places, the ball inside the 10 twice, like, you get a bad grade. The video session is sweet and nice as it was the first couple weeks. The truth is, Ryan Sandlord has turned into a very solid punter, the, the, the transfer from Stanford. I guess I shouldn't have expected much different. It's been real solid. He's great. Uh, your gutters, guys like Keaton Crawford and Keelan Robinson, they're getting down the field with the quickness and pinning people. That's a strength. Um, Sideshow Bob, Burt Auburn, the kicker for Texas with the massive fro. He is a pretty dang solid kicker. I believe he's, I think he's only missed one this year. Um, And it might have been last week, as a matter of fact, in Waco. Um, He's been solid. He's been good. Um, But those two muff, you know, uh, returns, Xavier Worthy and, and Jordan Whittington, both very unlikely, actually that those two things would actually happen. I think the special teams gets kind of, you know, chipped away on because of that. But understand this, Jeff Banks is the highest paid special teams coach in college football. And you know who is on their staff? Joe D. Camillus, who is in some regards as the godfather of special teams from the NFL for decades. They are going to be better this week just because of what happened last week. It's almost like you wanted they should have had the hiccup save because I don't think you're going to see a muff punt this this time around. And I do feel like they do have a set of kids, young guys that are playing on special teams, gunners, young athletes, that, that that's their way on the field. And Texas knows Keaton Crawford might get drafted just because of that ability alone. Six, one and a half, 210, 15-pound uh, safety defensive back out of Tyler High School, at Tyler High in, in, in East Texas. Texas special teams isn't as weak as you think, but if there's one thing I would say 
Auburn beyond 40, 45 is where it's iffy. Anything up close, I think he's pretty solid. But if it gets into a game where Texas has to kick some long field goals, that's where Kansas, I feel like, is they're, it's, they're, they're, they have some of the control of that game. Um, yeah, KU, the, our biggest thing last year really was special teams, and they went and addressed it in the offseason, picked up Seth Keller, kicker, and then Australian punter, who's technically a freshman. But, yeah, they kind of fixed it. Yeah. So, Michael Dixon, man. I'm going to tell you something. Michael Dixon, you remember Michael Dixon? Mm-hmm. Okay, Texas Bowl MVP. I was at his first practice, a college football practice. He set the ball down Red River Street. Like, it was – a ball nowhere near the field like it just took off into a whole other section of the campus and then the next one sounded like a cannon went off and all of a sudden these guys can kick it man and they're good at it they're confident they, they're they're solid i love i love hearing more about them yeah yeah we that was the worst thing i mean we lost at tech it was a tight game our kicker missed two huge kicks in the first half which t- took a lot of momentum away, so they've went and fixed that. I thought maybe special teams would be an advantage for KU this game. I'm do you what could be one or two? Okay, what could be one or two or just any advantages KU could potentially have on Saturday in Austin? I think if they played some three high safety on defense, for instance, I think that would flush that could that could potentially fluster a Quinn Ewers or 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 the offense, so to speak. I think that's that's one of the things. The one of the final things. Uh, if Sark had a kryptonite, uh, that that's one of the aspects that he's trying to 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 address. Uh, and I think every team runs some form of it. But um, I think that's where Kansas could have some advantages. And then on the offensive side, if if they don't, if they they move the chains. Listen, if they go from three or four yards a carry, if they could just average that out and slow down the ball, slow down the ball game, you know convert those long third downs, make drives six, seven minutes long, Neil and Highshaw wearing you down, Jalen Daniels with a play action when you've got the safeties bitten up just enough. There's going to be some opportunities, I think, there if, if things go right. The one thing I just can't forget, and those is, is, is really last year's game, I don't think count, should count because obviously Daniels was hurt, but the disparity in athletes was pretty and I think that could be the, the the thing that really trips up Kansas the most. It, it's 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 they can they can take the punch for punch. They can go drive for drive. They've proven they can do that, and they've shown how good they they are this year, especially with with everyone healthy. But they're gonna have at some point they're, they're these they're gonna have to make plays on some of these really good athletes, and that is how you're gonna see Kansas win come into Austin and make this upset. They're, those guys are going to have to make some some really good plays, and and the longer this thing is close, the 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 stickier it's going to be, man. Midday, it's going to be hot, brother. It's going to be cooking on that field, man. Yeah, I'll be there, so I can't wait to see. Um, obviously, you you talked about it. Sark has kind of emphasized the Kansas thing, and KU randomly has played in Texas in Austin tight the last two times at least. Um, they randomly beat Texas and Lawrence when Charlie Strong was there. So, our fans, I know you said they won't look past KU. Do you think some of the players could be looking uh, forward to um, Red River? And are the fans kind of worried about that as well? Two years ago, absolutely. Last year, 
probably not this year. No, they there's too much. There's too many veterans. Jalen Ford won't allow it. Quinn Ewers won't allow it. Listen, anything they did in the in, in the in the spring in the summer pre camp was Bama and some Oklahoma and some Kansas State, you know, and, and some different little you know niche niche things for for KU. But all this week is Kansas. They that listen to Sark, listen to Steve Sarkeesian's interview, his press conference on Monday. Listen how complimentary he was. It, you know, he, he, he tried to you know, explain how the programs are similar in trajectory. They really are. Since that game in Austin a couple of years ago, both of them had a similar kind of rise. And and that, that needed to be acknowledged. And Sark understood, understands you can't, you know, as much as you want Oklahoma, as much as you want to get back into to the Red River shootout, at, you know, last year was 49 to nothing. If you don't think Texas fans want to get back to that stadium at the State Fair, I don't know what to tell you. But there's a 24th-ranked team coming to Austin with, with a lot of momentum, with some confidence, and understanding that the last time they stepped on that field, they walked off with a W. So anything can happen. Texas fans might be a little worried about it, oh, looking past it, but Sark and the, and the coaches and the players as we can be assured – no, you, you you need to finish the job at hand. So you talked about KU stringing drives together, um, implementing the run game, killing some clock. Might It might be tough to do. I mean, Texas's front is obviously really good. And we talked about both OCs or just Sark and Kotelnicki kind of holding back the playbook. If they open it up um, and KU's not able to run the ball, we could see a high-scoring game Saturday. What do you do? You predict a high scoring affair? I mean, KU might not be able to just ground and pound. If it's high scoring, I think it's Texas by a large margin. I think the only way Kansas stays in it is if it's a kind of a a, a game in the twenties, late twenties, early you know mid twenties, early early thirties. Because if you're getting into a shoot a shootout. Um, at some point, the Texas defense is going to wear you down because they're just going to pin their ears and send the house. And then you get into a track meet, and then that's I, – I just don't think that's the best way for Kansas to win this game. I, I think they have to control the possessions. I think they have to convert long drives, third downs, be methodical about it, make a few plays. Like I said, there's guys there that, that are capable that have done it before. Let Have confidence in Jalen Daniels. Let him run this show. He's the guy for a reason, you know, and, and there's a good chance he's going to do this on Sundays too. Let's not forget that. And so at the end of the day, that's where I think, you know, KU would be at. I think that's where you, you've got to kind of – because, yeah, you, you don't want this thing in the 40s, brother. You don't. No, you, you, you really don't because Texas in their first four games this year have outscored their opponents 190 to 50. So – you don't want to get into a track meet. You want this offense off the field, and you want to make sure you don't make those mistakes on on uh, when you have the ball because the defense has been creating touchdowns as as of late as well. Yeah, I've been I've been asking people this, but do you think KU really has anything to lose on Saturday in Austin? I I you know it's funny. I was gonna say that a while, a while ago. I was gonna say you know they don't have anything to lose, but that's Kansas two years ago. I don't think that's Kansas now. I don't think Leopold is is satisfied with the loss here 
and we, you know, a rematch in Arlington. I don't think Jalen Daniels is. If these guys were two years ago, I'd say absolutely. They'd play with, I think they did play with nothing to lose two years ago. Let's be honest. There were some kind of fluke plays. But when you have an upset of that magnitude, that has to happen. That's generally what 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 uh, conspires. And so, I, I think you got to have some of that, you know, at the end of the day. But that to me is what makes it exciting. I don't. I do think Kansas has something to lose because I think they're earning the respect of the nation every week, more and more. Regionally, we got you. Because we see it, we cover it, we're more familiar with it. I know a lot of kids in East Texas, my region, that would have played ball at Kansas. That's a scholarship in the Big 12. That wounds my heart. I love that type of stuff. So we see the skill. A good showing, you know, a close game on Saturday, live national television, I think helps Kansas in that department in recruiting and getting another donation and getting more booster help and getting this, getting that in addition to what they're doing, obviously with the stadium. And so two years ago, they had another lose. And I think they approached it that way. And I think that's kind of how they want it in 2023. They do have stuff to lose. If they go in there and they're not, and they don't take really good care of the, of the ball and focus that game might get out of hand. Uh, it, it, that's kind of been Texas MO so far. If you underestimated them, they, they, They've been going, and so that that I think that's kind of where Kansas is at. Yeah, it's nice having expectations, um, but yeah, it's just kind of KU fans looking at it like we're going into Austin, seventeen point dogs, come home against UCF, who might be missing John Rice Plumley, and then you go to Oklahoma State, who's a little down. So if you go compete, come back, and potentially start six and one, but yeah, you want to you want to go to Austin um, and compete. But um, I wanted to. <clears throat> I wanted to get just a final, final recap, I guess, on Texas. I wanted we're only four games in. Obviously, we're just getting into league play. Um, we haven't seen shit Georgia play a ton of SEC teams. Ohio State just played Notre Dame. Yeah. If you, if you had to say right now, do you think Texas is the best team in the country? Man, I've been doing this for fifteen years and. I've been watching games for Texas for th- over 30 years, and, and you know, from from the State Fair to, to DKR. Um, I just don't know yet. I, the talent is there. They've got the roster. Let's put it that way. To me, it's kind of like a major league baseball team in a big market. They got they got the guys. You just kind of got to do it. You got to go out and do it. I think Georgia breaking in a new quarterback makes things a little more open, especially since they've lost a lot of that that front, the defensive front. I think Florida State has proven they might be the most impressive team in the country right now so far because they've kind of they've had the toughest schedule and they've looked the best at what they did. Uh is that sustainable? You know, we will see. Um and then Alabama might not be the same Alabama. Ohio State is good, but they're one play away from that loss at Notre Dame and a whole different narrative. So I think Texas is potentially a playoff team. I don't know about a national champion because there's not a person on this roster wearing conference championship rings or outside of Adna Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that experience is 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 valuable. And so before I can make a prediction, I know how crazy the Big 12 can be. I know how they're gonna go into OU net playing OU next week as a favorite, a pretty heavy favorite. 
And you can throw that out the door. Not only because Oklahoma's playing better, not only because Oklahoma has more talent now, and not only because it's a rivalry, but because they hate each other. And last year happened. They are that 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 was a bad day for for Oklahoma's for that program. They've been taking out of the chin for a year for Texas fans. Forty nine to nothing. <laughs> oh man, that dog didn't hunt. Okay, and so. Kansas to me, absolutely. You got to pay attention to what they're doing. You've got to you got to be ready. Texas is a college football potential team. National championship. Ask me in uh, November. Yeah. So you've talked about how it could play out, or what KU needs to do to potentially compete or win this game. How do you see it playing out? Do you think it's a tight game? And who do you what What's your final score prediction? Yeah, I'm going back and forth a little bit on it, but I, I I've got I've got Texas winning. I do think that I, I just feel like the athletes are gonna assert them. I, I feel like it's just a, there's your mismatch. I think the coaching's the same. I think the development's the same, and I think the trajectory's the same. The difference I feel, I feel like it's just gonna be the amount of athletes. Texas has some confidence. They're not gonna overlook Kansas. Not after what y'all did last time when you came to Austin. That's gonna be a factor, unfortunately. I've got I've got Texas winning thirty eight to twenty. Uh, I, I think it's probably about an eighteen point margin. Of three, I, I kind of figured in about a two and a half possession game uh, in Texas' favor, and that's if both teams play well and, and play kind of to their potential. Um, it, it, you know, Kansas can slow this thing down, but they're going to need to make some big plays on both sides of the ball, and I think it's going to have to be much more low scoring if, if they want to win it. They they would have to turn this thing into a game of field goals field position which is purely capable that's what college football is about that's why we get up and are excited about it on saturday mornings and that's why you're going to be in austin and have the freaking time of your life but that's that's it that, that's what's going to be cool about it i can't wait i've got texas 38 to 20 over Kansas. yeah i think i think that sounds about right i mean i go back and forth on our offense if Kodal nikki should just open up the playbook uh all all go against austin against texas You'd like to see some of those shots taken. Yeah. But you haven't seen because why not? You're in this position now. I think that would be ideal if that's what you mean. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just thinking about Alabama up front, how good they always are, and they didn't have much success running it against um, Texas. So I don't know how much you can really string drives together. Maybe you just start taking shots and kind of go in with that nothing-to-lose mentality. But this was, this was so good, and I – couldn't have got a better guest to recap Texas, you know, everything. Um, I plugged your Twitter earlier. If there's anything you want to plug, um, go ahead. But yeah, just I'll just do it now. Honestly, Justin Wells 2424 on X now, they call it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to get used to that. I don't know about you. Plenty of uh, X comments on there from him, DMX, uh, talking about Xavier Worthy. So Texas fans got to go follow him. I think any KU fan too, just Big 12, keeping up with Texas. You want to keep up with the teams in the league. I guess they're leaving us this year, so it'll be the last matchup for a long time. That's why I'm pumped. I'm getting to Austin for this weekend. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming on and being easy to get a hold of. And you were the first person my friend said, and he act, he was fanboying over you. So I guess that should... That's a good friend, Braden. That's who that is. That's a good person. <laughs> yeah. God bless him. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on. And this was great. Our fans... We'll love it just getting to know Texas a little more. And I, I truly think they're the best team in the country right now if I had to pick. So if we can go in and compete, I'll be happy. I'm like you said, the traject trajectory. I'm really pumped about KU. 
Lance Leipold and the guys and hopefully they can go in Austin and just play disciplined football and maybe make it a game. Who knows? But thank you so much for coming on, man. Man, you bet. And I, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to talk Texas, Kansas. I, I love it. And and I've enjoyed this. You, you definitely did your homework. I got respect. And, and now I have a new podcast I have to watch and listen to now. Yeah. And hopefully this isn't the last matchup this year. Um, hopefully we see each other in Arkansas. Nah, yeah, I don't know if I want to play them twice. <laughs> let's see how the first one goes <laughs> but yeah that was that was great um thank you so much justin and hopefully we're back next week um me and our guys that do this talking about at least ku competing or winning i don't know i'd probably die in austin if we won so i don't know but thank you you bet brother thank you for listening to kc sports network we appreciate your support Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.